most of the time, if not all the time, are going to think about ourselves as number one. And God goes, man, you don't even get it. I love you so much that I think about you as number one. That even when you don't put me number one, I still treat you as number one. I still go after you. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. Can't believe it. We're already at episode 35. You know, thank you so much for all the support, all the encouragement, and all the feedback that you, the listeners, have been providing. Uh, Thank you so much for the encouragement, the feedback. I'm always looking to take things uh, and take it, get better and better. Um, You know, if you go back to episode one, it's completely different from what episode 35 looks like. And uh, I'm so happy to have taken that leap of faith to do this podcast and also give the opportunity to meet a lot of people and also share these conversations with you. Um, So on today's episode, we have Pastor Chris Durso. And this is a preacher and pastor that I've been following for years now, uh, watching him from a distance, watching his kids grow up on social media. And this guy preaches like he, uh, every time he preaches, it is just amazing. And I just watched him preach at uh, Zeal City or Zeal Church, actually in Colorado Springs a few weeks ago. And man, this guy is good. You'll have to check him out on YouTube. Um, but so we're going to be talking with Chris, Pastor Chris on his book, the heist, how grace robs us of our shame. And so this is going to be a faith-based conversation that we're going to have, and you're going to enjoy this conversation. So let's go into the conversation with Chris or so. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Chris, for being on the podcast and taking out the time of your busy day to, um, really talk about. Uh, your your book and uh, get to know you a bit more as well. Man, I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Yeah, it's been awesome and following your journey since years ago that I started, saw you at a conference and uh, really love the way you preach. You preach with so much passion and uh, really looking forward to uh, this conversation. Man, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, awesome. So um, there's some people probably listening to this podcast don't really know who you are. So if sure. you can time uh to tell uh the listeners a little bit about yourself and your story yeah so my name is chris um i'm born and raised in queens new york uh i still live in new york uh with my wife and two children uh been with my wife it'll be 18 years in november uh dated five years before that so at this point we've been with each other longer than we've been without one another uh we have two beautiful children two teenagers uh, by the way, and it's just the best. My family is my everything. Um, I get to, I get to serve churches as a preacher, um, as a communicator. Different, church, there are about five different churches around the country uh, that I serve as a teaching pastor for, which means I fly in and out for them. And in between those dates, I'm preaching at conferences or teaching leadership or doing consulting. Uh, I'm also the chaplain for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and that is, that is a big part of who I am. I'm also an author, which I know we're going to talk about, uh, talk about the heist in a little bit. Um, but yeah, that is who I am, what I do. I I, I'm born and raised in church and have been in ministry all of my adult life. So I'm, I'm 40 years old. Uh, so I've been in ministry over 20 years at this point. Yeah, I love your following you on social media because I've literally seen your kids grow up on social media. I remember when they were 
they've grown so much and uh it's awesome to to kind of follow not just your your church life but also your family life on social media so man i appreciate that yeah thank you yeah yeah so uh yeah as you mentioned we're here to talk about your book the heist how grace robs us of our shame i know you preached on this quite a bit over the years and really loved when you came out with this book and it touches on so many uh awesome, awesome topics. So really what inspired you to write this book and what's really your heart behind uh, this book, The Heist? Yeah, so I remember, I remember early on as a young youth pastor in my early 20s, where I felt God tell me, you need to preach on my grace. And I just started thinking and saying, okay, I'll, I'll do a series on grace. And I felt the Holy Spirit challenge me and say, no, no, uh, everything you preach needs to be preached through the filter of grace. Grace is my character. Grace is who I am. I, I am grace. And when I started to understand that, I really caught a revelation of the grace of God. Uh, because before that, I, I probably, like many people without a revelation of grace, would have been pretty hard, uh, would have been pretty like, Black or white, black and white, cut and dry. You know, you either love God or you don't. And uh, you know, I, th I think it's it's a little bit more complicated than that and layered than that. Um, and God, because of His mercy and because of His grace, He 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 understands our humanity and wants us to understand our humanity. Not not so that we have excuses to live however we want, but so that we understand how much more that he loves us because he's aware of all our flaws and all of our mistakes and yet he still chose to love us in fact i mean you think about this thought you know when we were yet still sinners he he died for us he he created the solution the the way out of our life of sin so that we could have access to the father before we ever said yes to him mm -hmm. and i think the grace of god is so great it's so vast my heart was to help people understand this really complex conversation so that they would fall more in love with Jesus. And I just, I only hope uh, and pray that all people catch that revelation because when you catch that revelation of grace, it just shifts everything. Mm, that's great. I mean, grace and shame are such important topics that I feel like they need to be talked about more. And, and like the way, the way you wrote this book, like grace and shame, um, what would you say were some stories or personal experiences that you have had, um, really that influenced your perspective on these two topics that you wrote about grace and shame? Yeah. You know, I grew up with a lot of shame. Um, I, I had shame that I brought upon myself and then I had shame because of just things that have happened to me in my life. You know, I, I did, uh, face, um, uh, some childhood trauma, some, some childhood abuse um, that was no doing of my own. And I've had moments uh, as a child, even as a teenager, where pain was inflicted on me or abuse was inflicted on me by, by peers. And I carried shame with that, being, being somebody that was embarrassed of what happened to me or thought, how could this happen to me? Did I allow this to happen to me? Uh, because of the shame that what somebody else did to me brought on me. On the other side of it, I, I was a kid that grew up in church his whole life in a church where we would have altar calls on a weekly basis. And because I would mess up regularly, I would I would find myself at that altar, but I also would find myself 
going to altar calls repeatedly for a mistake that I already repented for weeks prior because I didn't have this understanding of grace. And shame is from the devil, right? Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. Conviction is what leads me to repentance. I know that I'm wrong. I feel convicted. So I repent. So I repent and say, God, I'm sorry. And the moment the moment I, I say I'm sorry, it's it's dealt with. In fact, if we want to go a little bit deeper, God already dealt with it on the cross, but my acknowledging it is so important so that I, I take the ownership and the responsibility for it. But anything that that you feel after you repent is not conviction. It's mm-hmm. shame. Mm-hmm. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. Shame is from the devil. And the devil would want you to feel guilty about one something that you had no control over like the trauma that i faced or two would want you to continue to think about the things that god already says i've forgotten about and the the reason the reason why so many people live in this in this state of not being able to have the joy of the lord is because they live in embarrassment because of their shame because they did make a mistake because they did mess up but the truth is the reason why jesus died is because no man would ever be perfect and even the person that would think that they're perfect is not perfect, right? The Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. So even the best person isn't really that great. <laughs> you know, we're all human. And that's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of the cross uh, is that it doesn't just point out our mistakes. It, it actually points out our need for a perfect God and his acceptance of us. Mm, that's great. Like grace was a term that I didn't really understand until I really walked away from faith in in college and didn't really understand what grace truly meant Mm. until my sophomore year. So I think those that are listening, can you define what grace truly means? Mm. The Bible would define it as unmerited favor. Mm. So there, there is nothing that I could do to have the favor of God. It's something that I can accomplish on my own, but because I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I now accept his love for me. I accept his righteousness, not my own. And and Jesus literally says, I want you to take on my righteousness and I want you to wear it. And because of that, that is how I see you and that is who you are. It's, it's not by your ability to perform. It's not because of your ability to overcome and do good i've already i've already set everything up all you need to do is accept it and what i've learned is that most people will struggle with the acceptance of grace because it sounds too good to be true um but the truth is it is yeah and then so how does the book of course we want people to get the book but um, how does a book explore that concept of grace and use the power of it to overcome shame yeah, so so the, the reason why the title and, and you know in the beginning I got a lot of pushback on it and there were some people that are a little bit offended by the terminology of how grace robs us of our shame, but but the truth is it's it's not because it's not because of anything I've done. God before I was ever born says, 
I'm going to take that from you. I'm, I'm going to take your, your sins, past, present, and future, and I am going to carry them so that you don't have to. He, it's not like he had my permission. This is why this is why I don't give God permission to be my God. I accept him as my God. It's, it's He doesn't need permission. Now, because of free will, he says, I want you, I want you to give me your yes, because I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to make you do anything that you don't want to do. But again, this is this is the power of the grace of God. The, the grace of God is, is so great. It's so beautiful. Jesus says, there's nothing in all this world, neither height nor depth, angel nor demon, past nor present, that could separate you from my love. Mm. This is the grace of God. Yeah. There's nothing that can get in between that. The best thing I could do is learn to accept it. And the reason why so many of us have a problem with accepting the grace of God is because we have not contributed to the beauty of the grace of God. So we feel like because we lack the responsibility for it, therefore, we shouldn't be able to receive it. Because in our way of thinking, we live in a world where you're you're, you're, you know, you do something, you get paid for it. You achieve something, you get rewarded for it. God goes, all that's fine and dandy for living and stewarding. But when it comes to my grace, you can't contribute to it. All you need to do is accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a, it's such a challenge today in our, our world to move past that shame. And and I think a lot of a lot of people, even that I know, and even myself, they just stay in it. And they remember it every day and um, it almost hinders them from moving on to to the next thing and breaking free of it is really difficult. And the deception of it is that the people that, you know, that fixate on their shame, on their sin and, you know, live in that place of shame, my heart breaks for them because I think that they think that they are being fearful, like Mm -hmm. God fearing. And they, they think that they're being mature. They think they're being realist. And really what you're doing is what God is, isn't asking you to do. Mm. You, you're thinking, I'm remembering this so that I never forget about it and I never become that person again. Or, you know, I know who I am. But God goes, yeah, but I want you how I have chosen to see you. I want you to see yourself the same way. You are forgiven. And because you are forgiven, there is a joy that comes with forgiveness. There is a freedom that comes with forgiveness. So if you are a Christian that isn't living in freedom and joy, you are missing out on why we are his creation and the glory that he gets from us as we are living in the liberties and the freedom that he gives us as believers. See, God wants his his worship right and his praise from us we are only able to give him true worship and praise out of an overflow for the fact that he saved me and he delivered me so the people that are living in this this loop of regret and shame what they think they're doing by acknowledging their mistakes what they don't even realize is they are preventing god from getting what he actually wants from us Mm, mm, that's so good and and it's keeping you from from living the life of, of being a man or a woman that brings honor and praise to God. And regardless of who you are, if you're a stay-at-home parent, if you know you work at a hospital, if you're a Uber driver, whoever you are, whatever you're doing with your life, there should be a joy. The joy of the Lord should be coming and flowing out of you because of everything he saved you from. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're not able to, to live, I don't care if you're a preacher or a doctor or whoever, if you don't have this 
this revelation of grace, you're not going to have the sense of gratitude that that God really wants from us so that so that our worship and our praise could be offered up to him. Mm. That's why he's jealous for his worship. That's what he wants. Mm -hmm. And then so how do you think our, our society's view of shame impacts people's mental health and their overall well-being? Because I think that shame will very much easily lead somebody to depression. It will lead them to anxiety because what happens is you're trying to fix what God has already brought a solution to. And because the Bible says, who could understand the mind of God, which is a rhetorical question. Nobody, nobody has the mind of God. We are trying to understand and dissect something that we can never fully understand. It's, it's not about grasping it again. It's about receiving it. Mm -hmm. So when you try to grasp it, you are you are meddling in in situations and details that really are none of your business. And when you do that, you're you're not going to find a way out. So you just go further and further down that rabbit hole. And as a result, you feel unworthy and we are unworthy. But because of his righteousness, he makes us worthy and you feel full of shame. And because of that shame, you now feel less than and you're not able to be the man or the woman that you're supposed to be because that shame is just haunting you and controlling you. Yeah. And I think one of the, the elements, too, is the way you're able to overcome it. I think one of the practical strategies is to not strategy, but I guess the thing to implement in your own life is to have the right people around you and have that right community. So what's your take yeah, on that? I like strategy. I think that's a great word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, let, let's go with strategy. You know, Jesus had a strategy. He, he was, he was very particular on there being these 12 men that he did life with. Now mm -hmm. we know that the research that there are always thousands and hundreds of thousands of people at any given moment following him and wanting to be around him, but not everyone was able to get into a boat with him. Not everyone was able to enter Mary, Martha and Lazarus's home when he was there, right? There were people outside, but there weren't people inside. He had a strategy of who was gonna be in his world and whose world he was gonna be in. And he was, he was very particular with his time here on earth on who had direct access uh, to him, knowing that these 12 or really 11 men would end up changing the world. Mm. Oh, that's great. And what would you say, what, what role would you say that vulnerability has in the, in the process of really experiencing extending that grace that we're talking about? Man, vulnerability is everything. That's why the Bible says, the Bible says he who says he's uh, without sin is in sin. So, mm -hmm. Jesus is already very much aware of every sin you have ever committed and will ever commit. He is more aware of our humanity than we are. He's more aware of our flaws than we are, but he doesn't hold it against us. He says, I choose to love you regardless of all those things. I love you. I gave my son. I gave my uh, I gave my son to you. And now as a result of that, all I want you to do is accept is accept who I am. So, so the vulnerability is what allows me to repent because I'm now making space for God in not only what I want him to see, but understanding that he sees all of it and isn't embarrassed by it. And here's the other thing, whether, whether we admit it to him or not, he knows it. Mm -hmm. Theology would define confession as saying the same as God. So when you are confessing, What's misleading about that word is that it would make us believe we're telling something to God that he doesn't already know. 
He already knows it. He's aware of it. But when you confess it, you're getting on the same page with him. So if you've lied and you say, God, I never lie. He's like, come on, I know you've lied. But it's not until you admit to me and confess to me that you've lied that now I could work with you and I could be with you. Why? Because the grace of God cannot cover what you're unwilling to uncover. When you are when you are willing to uncover it, he says, yeah, now we're on the same page. Now I could be in relationship with you even in a deeper way and I could help you through that lying or, you know, whatever fill in the blank is, whatever that mistake is. I could meet you where you're at and I could help you and I could mold you. But the more you withhold that from me, even if you give me everything else, that's a part of your life that my hand doesn't get on. If my hand doesn't get on it, you're not going to be able to develop in that area. That's awesome. And do you have any stories of like how people uh, really experience like transformation and healing from and feedback from from this book since it came out? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I am. I thank God that people are kind enough to whether it's send an email or, um, you know, write reviews or, you know, reach out via social media. Um, but, yeah, I remember this one this one story of a parent. Um, of a mother and it was it was something with her child it was a while ago but it was something to the effect it was something to the effect of this mother was not present in her child's life and the child actually gave the mother the book oh wow and so you know here's this mother upset that she wasn't that she wasn't uh the best mother to this child but the child saying mom i forgive you and you need to get this shame off of your back and so she hands her the book and then the mother reads the book and she catches this revelation of grace mm. and what what impact did it have on you through writing this this book the heist you know it's just a beautiful reminder of of of, of his goodness you know as I, I i use the story of the prodigal son as the backdrop you know from for the entire book and you know really taking this parable right this this story that god creates so that we could understand our humanity and his and his love for us just doing a little bit more of the research and understanding um not only why he was communicating it but what he was communicating you know just this idea that we are selfish um, that when we when we get the opportunity we are most of the time if not all the time are going to think about ourselves as number one. And God goes, man, you don't even get it. I love you so much that I think about you as number one, that even when you don't put me number one, I still treat you as number one. And I still go after you. You know, I, I remember those moments as I'm writing it, just being overwhelmed by his presence and his grace and yeah, just being blown away by his mercy and his love. And what do you think are some of the common misconceptions and misunderstandings about grace and shame? Um, I, I, I think that, people will think that grace is a New Testament idea or a new idea that, you know, is a trendy topic in church, um, which I don't agree with at all. I mean, you read from Genesis through Revelation that the grace of God is there. I mean, take take King Ahab, by the way, in First Kings, who is one of the most wicked, the wick, most wicked uh, king to ever live. And there's a moment where he shows humility. And and God tells the prophet Elijah, he says, have you noticed the humility of Ahab? And he he offers mercy to Ahab, who was this wicked king leading and mistreating God's people in a horrible way. That's Old Testament. Mm -hmm. He was wicked. He was evil. He was married to Jezebel. Je Jezebel was an evil, demon possessed woman. And yet 
the way we would talk about Ahab and Jezebel as these villains and, and these cruel people. And they were very cruel while they were alive on earth, though there was still an opportunity for them to repent and to get it right. And when Ahab shows that moment, God God extends mercy to him. That, that's, the, that's his grace. So I think that people will think that grace is some trendy topic. And God goes, I'm not a trendy topic. This is who I am. And I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is who I've always been and will continue to be. Mm, mm, awesome. Well, um, so this this podcast here, Navigation and Discovery, uh, stems out of a book that I wrote. It's really sharing my story of navigating, discovering through my early years. And so the purpose of this podcast is really to bring people from different thoughts, different walks of life to learn from their stories and their journeys and their writing. And I brought on a lot of different people and our listeners are both uh, faith and people not of faith, but people have really enjoyed learning from different perspectives and uh, hearing about different from different pastors, different uh, professions. Um, and it's really to answer this question that I love asking this people, uh, people, this question is, you know, there's a lot of people that are struggling with uh, these three things, purpose, passion, and calling. Uh, yeah, there are many people that I've talked to that are stuck in that in those three areas um what's your feedback on on that on which one on all three purpose passion and calling like uh, what where what would you recommend that people do when they're stuck and they don't know or they're trying to find their purpose passion calling yeah i think that i think that god for so my my viewpoint and my belief is that god is creator He's not only king, but he's creator. And just like we read in the Old Testament where God is talking about Jeremiah, he says, I appointed you and purposed you um, in your mother's womb. And even before that, I knew you, which tells me that my plans and my purpose comes from God. I would encourage you to deep dive into a relationship with God, with Jesus Christ. And as you do that, you'll get to know the one that created you. I think looking to any other person or any other source is going to be a dead end because God is the only one responsible for creating me and giving me purpose. I, I believe with all my heart that every purpose, every person, excuse me, walking this earth has a purpose. Therefore, you have a calling. Not everyone has a calling to be a pastor. Not everyone has a calling to preach. In fact, I believe it's a big role of the pastor and the preacher to to encourage people to operate in their calling whether that is in the medical field or entertainment field or you know athletics whatever arena they find themselves in there's a calling that is bigger than the job that they're doing and ultimately it is to bring glory to god i believe the more in love that you fall with jesus the greater your passion will be but if you are not falling in love with Jesus, you won't have passion. Passion is the byproduct of being in love. So when when I am I'm passionate about my wife more now than ever before, because I'm more in love with her today than I've ever been. It's, it's the byproduct of relationships. Some might say, you know, if you lack relational equity, then you're not going to be able to understand something about somebody, which I think we would all agree with. Well, the same is true with our relationship with God. He's not just there to get us out of a bind. He's not just there to bless our meal. He's there because he wants to be in a relationship with us. He, in fact, he died 
so that we would have relationship with him um, because he's that much more passionate about us. Mm. And the byproduct of, of engaging in relationship with Jesus is you will learn about him and why he created you. Therefore goes your purpose and your calling. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, I really liked how you unpacked that and brought your perspective on those three things, because that's often the three things that really people, I think it's like all across the board, different generations, people of all ages are are um, struggling with those three things. And um, so I appreciate your perspectives on that. I appreciate that, my friend. Thank yeah, you. yeah, for sure. Uh, going back to a little bit your book as we wrap up, um, what do you really hope that readers, uh, I want people to get a copy of this book, of course, and for those uh, listening, you can uh, check out the link in the podcast description. I put a link uh, in there if you want to connect with Chris, Pastor Chris and his social media. Uh, I love your social media content, by the way, and uh, also uh, the link to purchase um, the heist. Uh, so what do you really hope that readers will take away uh, from this book? how loved they are by God mm. and everything it is that God did for us so that we can be in love with him and pursue relationship with him. I mm. think that so often we overcomplicate what relationship with God looks like and we totally miss out how beautifully complex and yep. yet simple our relationship with him is and could be. It's complex because we bring all of our baggage and all of our insecurities. And he says, yep, I see all that, but it's simple because he accepts us and he loves us. And he says, there's no man or woman who that accepts me as Lord that I won't be in relationship with. And through that, through that process, we go through this beautiful process called sanctification where we're becoming less like the version we are without God and more like the man or woman that God created us to be. We'll never be perfect, but through relationship, we're constantly being perfected. And that, that's a really, that's a really helpful, beautiful uh, reality that, you know, again, I, I pray that, that this book could contribute uh, uh, to anyone that's on a journey in trying to understand who God is and how God perceives them. Mm, mm, that's great. What would you say, what's on your heart for this next generation? The principles of the kingdom that Jesus spoke so much about are everything we need to live the life that God has called us to live and to behave how he's called us to behave. I think there was an era where people loved talking about Jesus in a way where he's simply someone that just did good deeds and loved people. And they were just appreciative to be accepted by him. And that's beautiful. Yeah. But there's another step that goes with that as walking as kingdom individuals and kingdom ambassadors. And when you start to understand the principles of the kingdom, you start to understand the authority that he has given you here on this earth which I believe is so important for those that are battling with their mental health and are battling anxiety and depression. And let me say, I have battled anxiety and I have battled depression. I, that is no secret. I, I talk very openly about it. But when I start to understand the, the principles of the kingdom, 
of God, I then start to understand why there's this battle for my sanity. And it's it's not it's not necessarily me. It's it's this enemy as I'm pursuing faith, fear is on my heels. As I'm chasing after God, the enemy's trying to distract me. It's it's what you read about in scripture so often that as people are doing great things for God, the enemy is right there to try to tear them down because he hates when God gets his glory. This is why anytime you see somebody doing something great for God, on the other side of it, they'll go through a really difficult storm or a hard moment. Uh, and if they allow us to know what's going on in their world, you'll, you'll hear about this so often because they were then attacked. But mm. when you start to understand the principles of the kingdom, you understand that this is how it works. And if you understand this is how it works, the things that I'm allowing to get me down and lead me to an anxious place of anxiety or depression uh, shouldn't have that much authority over me. Oh, that's that's so good. That's good. Uh, well, in our final couple of minutes, I got some fun questions here just for our listeners to get to know you a little bit of a okay. lightning round, kind of like what Craig Rochelle does at the end of his podcast. So okay. uh, the first thing is, uh, what would you say is your favorite snack? My favorite snack, popcorn. Popcorn, okay. Uh, dead or alive, who would you like to have lunch with? Outside of Jesus? Yes. Steve Jobs. Oh, Steve Jobs, interesting. Why? Man, his innovation, his creativity. I mean, <laughs> if I was going biblical, I would say Paul the Apostle. Um, but when I think of learning and understanding how to push um, culture forward, Steve Jobs is very much responsible for it. Mm -hmm. And what's the next thing you would want to do on your bucket list? Walk my daughter down the aisle. Mm. Uh, That's a list item of mine. Uh, holding my grandbabies, uh, yeah. setting my children up for success hopefully buy him a home buy him cars uh just be just just me and my wife have these just dreams of just you know continuing to grow old uh with our children as we grow old together um we're we're, we're pretty young we'll be young empty nesters so would love to move uh into manhattan um and just live in the heart of it all Awesome. And final question. What's the best words of wisdom or advice that you have received? The best? Best. Or one. One of them. <laughs> I mean, any any words of Jesus is the best advice, right? Um, true, but I don't think you're asking me that. I think you're asking me, like, what's advice that another leader has given me or a quote that I've read? Um, there was this quote that I love that it says, um, the best of men are men at best. Mm. The best of men are men at best. And I think so often we will put so much trust in people and we will, we will look up to mentors, but we will allow them to slip into this category as savior. And in reality, there's only one savior. Everyone else is just a man or a woman. They're, they're great men, they're great women, but at the end of the day, they're simply human so that they could only do so much for you. Wow. The same is true about me is I just tell my children, I tell anyone that follows me, I'm not gonna get it right 100% of the time, I'm, I'm gonna fail you, but mm -hmm. let me point you to one who never will. His name is Jesus. That's so true.
Well, Pastor Chris, it's been a joy and honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you for making the the time. Um, you know, it's been awesome to just follow you from a distance for the last six, seven years and really follow your preaching and seeing it at, speak at these many, you know, these these conferences where you just you just drop the mic pretty much. And thank you. <laughs> I, I love, love your preaching and your passion. Um, so as we as we come to a close, uh, final words of encouragement to our listeners. I, I'm I'm taking a second to think. No worries. No worries. Yeah. I know it's a it's a big question. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know it, it it is a big question, and I think that I think that what I would love to encourage people to do is rest in the presence of God and learn how to appreciate. Um, experiencing his love what he's created which i think comes from understanding his word prayer and worship i think so often we get so busy doing and trying to accomplish things that we miss out on the present moment you know we right now everyone is famous for saying you know get off your phone put your phone down your phone is consuming too much time and I just think we could be busy with a phone or we could be busy with, with everything else and not be present, you know, wanting to be successful. I think the best thing you could do is learn how to rest in the presence of God and just allow, allow his thoughts and his words to consume you so that you appreciate him more and more. Because the more you appreciate him, the more in love you'll fall. Mm. Therefore, the happier you'll be. Mm. Well, that's so good, Pastor Chris. Thanks again for all your time. And thanks. Thank you for pouring into not only me, but also our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me, my friend. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review or uh, give me five stars on the whatever platform that you're listening on. Um, be sure to share this with someone that you feel needs this podcast that needs to hear an episode. Um, go back and take a look at, take a listen at some of the previous episodes that you might've missed. I can't believe you know, we're already at episode 35. Um, also launching a YouTube channel. I know many of you all have requested the videos, so working on that. It's a lot of work getting that together. So hopefully I can get that up before, uh, the end of the year. Um, Also, Navigation and Discovery, my debut book, which came out earlier this year, uh, Navigation and Discovery, A Path of Navigating and Discovering Through Your Journey of Faith. This is a little piece of my story, and um, I tried to to write it as authentically as possible um, on how I went through my early uh, 20s, late teens, how I navigated through my college years. And it's a story that I've never have told anyone. Um, so, so many people have been blessed by the message of this, uh, story and it's a quick read. It's a quick listen. You can find it on, uh, on my website, CameronSing.com. You can find it on audible. You can find it on Kindle. If you want a PDF, you can grab that at CameronSing.com. Um, get a copy of this book or if you've already gotten it uh, you can gift this copy to someone that needs to hear it whether it's a young person student young professional someone starting the workforce someone that really needs some direction in life someone that is is really needs to hear from someone else and get some mentorship through uh, this book 
So hopefully you can uh, get your copy, CameronSing.com. And uh, also, if you want to connect with me in any way, um, you can go ahead and send me an email, singcameron at outlook.com. Again, that's singcameron at outlook.com. Happy to connect. If, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, connect with me. Just have any questions. Um, 2024 is going to be some... I'm going to take things to a whole nother level, uh, not just the podcast, but my personal brand. Uh, I'm going to be providing other value add opportunities for listeners to connect, whether it's uh, providing directions on how to write a book, why you should write a book, why you should start a podcast. You know, I've been taking a lot of leaps of faith here in 2023, and it hasn't been easy. There's been a lot of fear involved. Um, but stepping out in faith and really pursuing things like starting a podcast or writing a book, doing things that I've always wanted to do. And it's always been on my heart. Um, you know, I remember I bought this, uh, very cheap, like $20 podcast microphone, um, back when I lived in Jersey. So this might've been like 2014, 2015. And I recorded my first podcast episode. I think I have it on YouTube somewhere. It was on self-leadership. And I was like, you know, one day I'm going to start a podcast. And looking back now, almost 10 years later, I've, I've, I've come to start this podcast at the right time. I'm glad I didn't start it back then because that content was terrible. Um, so I really want to provide that add value to, to you and those that are listening and so feel free to share this, get other people plugged in to podcasts. Uh, I know I started some new social media profiles for the podcast uh, because it was kind of uh, mixed in with my personal stuff. So I wanted to keep that separate. So I'm also going to maximize on the content a little bit more than I was in the past. So I'll be providing some shorts, some additional content, and I'm going to uh, share, especially over the next couple months, some of the previous clips from the previous episodes I know it's a huge variety of podcast content that I brought, and I'm actually going to take it a little bit in a different direction. I'm still sort of um, going to maintain this podcast. We're actually going to start another podcast. I'm still, um, I'm still, uh, what would I say, um, marinating on this idea on what it's going to be. Uh, but stay tuned. Stay tuned in. Uh, you can follow. Um, me on social media. You can find all the links on my website, CameronSing.com. Well, thank you so much again for tuning in. I hope this uh, faith-filled dis- discussion with Pastor Chris Durso added value into your faith journey. And uh, thank you again. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. Thank you. <music>